Welcome back to One Conversation, the podcast where we believe one conversation can change a life. Today, we're going to have more of a free-flowing conversation with each other. We have your three hosts here, myself, Brianna Vallejo. We have JC Macias and Lisa Piazza. So we're just going to talk about relationships, some of the difficulties maybe we've experienced or happen often in relationships. And we're just going to see what we all have in common, because I imagine there's a lot. And I imagine our listeners can then identify with a lot of what we're about to talk about. So we're just going to get into it and chat with each other all about relationships. I'm really excited about this, too, I have to say. Um, You know, we're kind of always thinking about ideas for podcast episodes. And, you know, the first three so far have been have been really informative. Right. And we still want to do that even with our casual conversations. Um, but we really started thinking about, you know, like, what is the challenges for us, right? If we want to speak to others and kind of share what, what challenges could be, what are what are some of the challenges for us? And so I'm really excited to have this conversation. I think it's going to be really interesting. We're usually kind of working off a script as sometimes unscripted as we are. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really excited to open this conversation up today. Um, and I appreciate all of us, but especially you two, just being vulnerable today and kind of sharing these things, maybe some personal things about relationships. And so I think Miss JC is going to be brave enough to kind of start us off here today. Yeah. And I think you highlighted the word personal. So on that note, (laughs) I think personally, not losing yourself, not losing yourself in a relationship is very difficult, right? Because mm-hmm. you're spending so much time with the person that you love and you're, you know, hanging out with their family, with their friends, and you're trying to make them feel loved and give them this attention that they need. Um, and, you know, by doing that, then you end up losing yourself sometimes, you know, you lose who you are as a person because you're just spending so much time into this relationship and into their world that you sometimes forget about who you are and your world. Right. And so there's times where I find myself really giving myself to that relationship and to my, you know, my partner's relationships. So their family, his friends, and I forget about my world and myself. And so sometimes it's so hard to really balance that and, you know, even recognize it at times because you get carried away because again, you're kind of there for your partner. You you want to make them feel loved and you want to provide them with this attention. Um, but then you forget about yourself, which is like, what is most important, right? Because we always talk about how you can't love anyone else unless you love yourself. You can't take care of anyone else unless you take care of yourself. But, you know, on that note, like, has that ever happened to you guys? Have you ever experienced something like that in a relationship? Absolutely, right? And I think we talked a lot about the honeymoon phase in our second episode, right? Talking about relationship violence, but we've talked about how that honeymoon phase is in every single relationship, not just abusive or unhealthy relationships. And so in that phase, of course, right, we're, we're really excited. This is a new relationship. We probably have that deep attraction, that appreciation for this person. And of course, right, we really want to get to know that person. And so I think it's easy, right? It's easy to get kind of not carried away, but it's easy to kind of not see perhaps how much you're giving for that person and maybe not taking that time for yourself. Yeah, I can relate to that as well. What I think of is sometimes when people ask me what my hobbies are, sometimes it's hard to think of an answer to that question, especially if you're really wrapped up in a relationship. And that's when I think of of when people have asked me that question and I've been really wrapped up in a relationship. 
And I think, ah, uh, hang out with my significant other. <laughs> Does that count? <laughs> what else do I do in my spare time? And it kind of gets you thinking, like, I don't do much for myself. It's really just whatever we're doing together, you know, so it's so important to figure that out. Do whatever your hobbies are and focus on yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. What an introspective moment too to kind of realize, you know, maybe my hobbies, they're not anything that I individually do anymore. Maybe it is like, oh, doing this with my partner, doing this, you know, with this person. And so that could be, I think, a really reflective moment, right? Kind of thinking about and maybe just an opportunity right now, right? For our listeners, for us to kind of just have a moment and think about, you know, who am I and what are the things I enjoy doing right now, right? And if we kind of start thinking, well, it's always down to, you know, this time with my boyfriend or my girlfriend or doing things with them, right? It could just be like an interesting thing for us to to sort of uncover in ourselves in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think just doing that inner work, right? Like that inner work within yourself, really making sure that you're growing as a person because at times, again, we're like so focused in our relationships that we want them to grow, right? We want them to be healthy. And it's like watering a plant, right? For the plant to be able to grow, we wanna water it and take care of it. But you also have to do that with yourself. And so making sure that you're doing that inner work. And with that being said, Sometimes we walk into relationships without taking care of some of the problems and issues we've had in the past, right? So sometimes we have like these lingering unresolved problems and issues and trauma that we've experienced. And we walk into this relationship and everything's so great. And we honestly sometimes just forget, right? We just forget about all the bad stuff that has happened in the past because you are on this new route of like love and, you know, um, your life has somewhat changed. And we forget about those things but slowly they start popping up into our relationship, right? Or we get triggered and you're just like, oh my God, like what is going on? You know, why am I now being affected by this? And on a personal note, this is something that I personally experienced. Um, you know, I experienced a lot of abuse as a child and there's things that I started realizing that triggered me in a relationship or that I would mimic that my parents did with me, the way that they even spoke to me in certain circumstances or the way that they never showed me love. I realized like I'm not a very affectionate person and I'm a very kind person and I sometimes wanna hug someone, but um, I'm unable to sometimes. It's like the weirdest thing. It's like I, I'm just like a teddy bear, but I cannot show sometimes that physical affection because as a child, I, I was not shown that, right? Not in a positive way. The way that they ever were physical towards me was in a very abusive way. So for me, it was something that was very difficult. And being with someone who loves physical affirmations and to feel loved, right? And to feel that touch, it can be difficult. And so it made me realize like, okay, obviously there is, you know, my child abuse is still triggering me. It's, it's still affecting me. I never really resolved that issue. You know, in my mind, I just said, that's something from the past. Like, I'm just going to let it go. I'm trying to be a better person. I'm educating myself around child abuse. I know what a healthy relationship looks like, right? I have all this knowledge um, that really helps me kind of move forward and has also given me purpose, right, in life in regards to like professionally and personally. But then you start getting triggered and you start realizing like, wow, I have not resolved that. Like that is an unresolved issue I have. And it's now not just affecting me, but it's affecting my relationship. And so in that moment, you know, you kind of think to yourself, what is wrong with me? Like, what is going on? 
but really it's such a highlighting moment to like really identify and address what is going on and also, it's important to know that you have to do that inner work. Like you have to do that inner work before you get into a relationship, before you love anyone else. Like I had to learn how to love myself and really even be compassionate with myself. Like I'm always so loving and kind to others, but I forget that sometimes within myself, like I need to be loving towards myself. I need to be patient with myself. So that's one thing that I really learned. And it's kind of like on my personal note where it's like, hey, that's something that's challenging in a relationship. And then sometimes you have two people who are not, you know, resolving any of their unresolved issues from the past and they get into a relationship and it can really cause issues, right? There can be a lot of conflict and disagreements if they're not addressing them. So for me, it's really just making sure that I'm doing that inner work. And that is not something that just happens once. Like that is a continuum. <laughs> like I'm constantly making sure that I'm growing and I'm addressing, I'm identifying and I'm reaching out for support and I'm seeing a therapist to make sure that I'm really taking care of myself and that I'm not just dealing, I'm really healing because there is a big difference. Yeah. And thank you yes. so much for sharing all that, too. Um, and I think it, it's it's so important because you're absolutely right. And sometimes we carry over. It doesn't have to necessarily be trauma, but it, I mean, it really could be right on any kind of a level of trauma when we're carrying that over. Of course. Right. If we have those things going on, it's really hard to give to someone else or perhaps not let those things project onto this relationship, especially if there are just triggers that come about. And so, and especially if we're not talking about those things with our partner as well, that could also be a really big roadblock. And right. So I just want to say again, thank you for, for sharing that with us and being vulnerable. Oh, of course. Yeah. JC, thank you. Thank yeah, you for providing the same, the safe space. Thank you for starting us off on that vulnerability foot. Uh, it can be <laughs> very difficult to do that. Uh, but you know, we're not alone in what we experience. And I had some similar experiences, uh, but mine was in an abusive relationship, um, similar experiences as far as triggers in relationships. So I was in an abusive relationship and I took a good amount of time after that, that I was purposefully not in relationships. Uh, I would say about a year and a half, two years, I believe it was. But then getting into a relationship, which was a healthy relationship, there started being you know, some arguments and things like that where I couldn't really figure out what I was mad about. <laughs> and it took some time and looking at patterns of what the arguments were about to really identify within myself that I was being triggered by something that I was expecting to happen. It wasn't even reality. It was something that I was seeing the antecedent of the behavior, like what happened before in my previous relationship. And then I was just jumping to conclusion of what had happened in that relationship without even giving this new relationship any sort of a chance to do that differently. So I myself, that's when I finally decided that that's when I needed to start going to therapy. Uh, my schooling is in social work and so, I don't love admitting this, but I always thought like, oh, I'm a social worker. I can figure out my problems, you know, like so hypocritical <laughs> <laughs> for me to be encouraging people to be seeking help that I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm learning like what someone would be telling me, right? I don't need to go. Oh, yeah, yeah, I feel like we've all been there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Broke that down, finally started engaging in therapy and working on those things. Oh my gosh, so worth it.
Mm -hmm. um, it completely changed how I really view the world around me, really helped to heal, like JC was saying, things that you don't even know are affecting you. And then it comes up and you resolve it and you're like, wow, <laughs> this is a lot better not feeling that now. <laughs> yeah. <is> great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, the world is amazing now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So absolutely addressing those triggers. You know, unfortunately it wasn't something that I addressed before getting into a relationship, but thankfully my, my partner was uh, willing to stick it out while I figured that out. Um, and that's just something that relationships sometimes have to work through because sometimes you don't know that that trauma is there. You know, I knew that I had experienced these things, but I had no idea the extent to which it was going to be affecting this new relationship, even though I took that time in between to improve myself, engage in self-care, really learn about myself, but I hadn't actually done the hard work. So I had to step back and, and I had to do that hard work. And sometimes it's like, how can you tell if something's going to affect you? You can't, right? It's it's not until you're really in that new or that different situation where you can really realize, right, how this might affect you now that you're here. And so I think that's um, something really kind of important to think about. You know, it's not always going to be it's not always going to be like you're perfectly ready to be in that relationship, right? I feel like sometimes a lot of us have done that. A lot, of, I think all of us have gotten into a relationship if we're not quite ready, right? And I think it's being able um, to navigate with your partner, right? In that moment, whether or not this is something I can get through, you know, whether this is something or not I need support from you from. But regardless, taking that time, which could be painful, challenging, um, something you really don't want to remember, discuss, get into. But ultimately, it's going to be how you can have success in your relationships. And I like JC kind of mentioned before, it's almost like caring for a plant, right? And I like thinking about relationships like a garden, right? And if you're the gardener, if you're the other person in this relationship, the gardener can't get outside and take care and nurture those crops unless he's feeling okay, right? Or she's doing well and she's healthy enough to get out and kind of do that work, right? And so that's a really big thing to think about. Um, I think, again, we've all been there. We've all been in relationships when maybe there's unresolved issues that we have from other relationships, from trauma. And I think having the self-awareness to first off, recognize that that has become a barrier or that's become a challenge in that relationship. And then taking that super brave and really big step to addressing that with yourself or with your partner. I just think that's a beautiful way to kind of frame that, right? If that is something that's happened to you and if you're carrying stress or carrying trauma, I think that's a really beautiful approach and a really empowering approach to looking at that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think with that being said, it's also having the capability of having that clear conversation and that clear communication in a relationship, right? Because there's been so many times where I'm like, I expect you to know what's wrong with me, <laughs> like, you know, or that I'm upset. <laughs> and sometimes you're being asked, like, what's going on? And you're just kind of like, you have that expectation sometimes after being in a relationship for so long where you're just like, you should know me. But really, like, sometimes I don't even know myself. So I have to take a step back and just think, <laughs> okay, I'm obviously not communicating clearly. Like, you know, he's not a mind reader and I'm neither. So I really need to make sure that I'm able to really communicate clearly and just say, hey, like, I'm having a tough time. 
like maybe sometimes we don't want to talk about it and that's okay. But being able to communicate that, like, I don't want to talk about it right now when I'm ready, I'll talk to you. Or, you know, I really need to talk about this, like, but being able to communicate clearly because there's no mind reader, you know, it's really difficult for someone to know what's going on. Sometimes your body language will say that I'm upset, you know, we'll let somebody know that you're upset, but it's really difficult for someone to be able to be there for you, especially a loved one, if they don't know what's going on. So, you know, for my, in speaking for myself, like that's one thing that I have to constantly practice and make sure that I'm doing like sometimes I'm upset or something hurt my feelings. And for me, it's like, be transparent. You know, it's hard being transparent. is hard because it takes vulnerability to be able to do that. But that's the only way you can move forward because sometimes we're assuming, right? We're like assuming what the other person feels or thinks or is going to respond. And in reality, you have, there's no way of you knowing how they're going to respond, what they're thinking. But once you have that clear conversation and that kind of like clear transparency and you provide that safe environment to do so, then that's when some healing and great conversations come along. Absolutely. And I love that you brought back up vulnerability because we discussed that. I think it was our second episode. We talked about domestic violence. And I said, I don't think a healthy, pure relationship can flourish. I said, you know, I think they can exist, but can they flourish? Can they be the best version of themselves? No, we need vulnerability. We need to be able to be open and transparent. Um, and we need that space where, you know, we feel respected enough, we feel comfortable enough to share, right? And so for me, I think that's a crucial piece. And I think that's something that's really difficult is allowing ourselves that vulnerability. And sometimes, especially it goes both ways, right? Sometimes it's hard for our partners to be vulnerable with us. Sometimes it's hard for us again. Um, and so when we have situations where it's really challenging for us to open up with one another, you know, I think personally, it seems like a lot comes out of that. It seems like, you know, maybe issues with trust, right? Because, you know, why don't you trust me enough to talk to me about this? And, you know, aren't I someone that you could confide in, right? Or um, just having those unresolved issues. If I don't have the vulnerability, if I'm not able to bring up with you, hey, I need this from you, or hey, sometimes I get triggered by this, or hey, sometimes I need you to react in this way or provide this kind of support. If we can't do that, JC's right. No one's a mind reader, right? And sometimes, and I think this is my second most difficult part of a relationship, sometimes we have expectations of other people. And that could be so hurtful for us because, and even as someone, if they have the best intentions in the world, this person might love and care about you so deeply and just want so badly to understand how to support, respect, and love you, right? But there's times where maybe we get into conflict, maybe we have an argument, and now we're kind of sitting and just stewing and just waiting, right? And I think I used to do this a lot in my common, in my mind, my common go-to would be like, you should know what you've done wrong, right? And kind of this moment, and I was, I think back to it now, being an adult, knowing what I do, <laughs> educating on these topics. And I'm like, wow, I was just getting in my own way. Like, could I have made myself really any more miserable, right? Because there's my partner, miserable as well, because I'm, clearly miserable. They understand they've done something wrong. My expectation is like, you should know. <laughs> They're like, mm, I don't. And then we're left with that, right? And it's like, what can we do with that? Nothing. There's no resolution mm -hmm. in that, right? There's no conversation. If anything, my partner feels more awkward, feels more like I can't do anything, right? I don't know what to do here. Clearly she's upset. I don't know how to approach it. I don't even know 
what's wrong, right? And so then that distance or then that awkwardness and then that inability to connect and be vulnerable because maybe I'm feeling hurt now because now to me, right, this might feel personal when again, my partner is just, for lack of a better term, maybe kind of clueless, right, as to kind of what's really going on and shutting down or, or just, you know, kind of um, taking a step back because they don't know what to do. I know you're mad. I just don't know what to do about it. And so I think those are really big elements, right? So that vulnerability um, for others to be vulnerable with you, show them or show you, you know, their true self um, and really be able to have conversations about triggers, about things they need, about things they expect or what they're looking for, just so that's clear, right? And kind of out on the table um, and those expectations. And I think we do that not even in romantic relationships. I think we have expectations sometimes in friendships with family. Um, and again, they can be really damaging, right? We kind of have to take people for who they are. And I think that was advice that was given to me that at the time I really needed to hear it. And as simple as it is, it took me that moment to really let that sink in. But we have to take people for what they are and what they show mm -hmm. us. So, you know, if our partner just maybe they're not the kind of person that's going to be really overly romantic with gestures, right? But maybe they're really romantic and considerate in other ways, right? So maybe in our head, we think, well, they could be that person. He could be that romantic, right? She could do these kinds of things for me. And again, if we just have those expectations, if we're not kind of seeing what they're doing, right, and accepting what this person is showing you and, and you know, who they are kind of at face value with you, then, yeah, you're going to be left to feel maybe hurt, right? Or maybe just like your expectations have not been met and whatever way that's going to make you feel. And so I think it's really important, right, to think about just our expectations we have of relationships. And if we have expectations we think are super reasonable, then have we discussed them? with our partner? Have we had that conversation for what we need and, and what we're looking for? Yeah, absolutely. So about communication, one of my things that I learned in school about communication was I statements. So really quick, just, you know, I feel blank, insert feeling word here, uh, when blank, insert action word here. And you just say how you feel and you're not blaming any thing on the other person, not even saying the word you, just talking about yourself. Anytime I talk about I statements with anyone, I always say, I work on these two. <laughs> <laughs> because JC is so right that we are all a work mm -hmm. in progress. And even though, you know, we can talk about healthy relationships and what is best of relationships, we are all a work in progress. We all make mistakes. These are all things we go through and are working on. Uh, speaking of expectations, have you guys heard of the five different love languages? Yes. <laughs> okay. I it's okay. a great learning experience if you read the book. Yes. So I know the book is by Gary Chapman. I don't know. I might need a second to think of the five. It's like a pop um, quiz now. Put our heads together and come up with the five. <laughs> um, but the listeners can look up the, the five love languages by Gary Chapman. And it just talks about sometimes we show love to people in a certain way. And we also have our preferred way of receiving love from mm -hmm. other people. So yeah. that can be an important thing to look at in relationships, even if you're not going specifically on the love languages model, just identifying this is how I'm showing this person how I care about them. But maybe that's not their preferred way of receiving it. And so it might just be, you know, like two batteries that 
or two magnets that are bouncing off each other, just not working effectively. So it's about having those conversations about expectations and what you are looking for in that relationship, what makes you feel loved and cared about and what you can do to help that other person feel loved and cared about. Yeah. And I think that was such an eye-opening experience for me personally, um, getting to know those love languages. And to cite some examples I know about, again, we will leave you if you're curious to just do a quick Google search. But I know one is words of Mm -hmm. affirmation. So receiving love that, you know, you want to be told that you look pretty, that you're beautiful, that you're handsome, that you're loved, that you're cared for. Um, Another one is physical affection. So you might want your partner to to just wrap their arms around you, right? Or hold your hand or kind of have that physical connection. And another one I know is gift giving. So kind of giving gifts um, as a way to kind of show your love. Oh, I remember one more, it's acts of service. So doing things for that other person, maybe um, packing their lunch for them or cleaning or doing their laundry. So it's one less thing they have to do. And again, there might be another one too. I believe there is, I'm leaving out. So definitely do yourself the favor of that proper (laughs) research and look up that book. Um, You will not regret it regardless. But I think it was really eye-opening because I feel like sometimes, or before I had read that, in my mind, to me, the way that I felt loved or the way that I received love, just it felt like obviously so right that I expected that if I gave that in return to somebody else, of course, that was going to make them feel loved, Mm -hmm. right? Like I was doing those right things. If they were doing the things that I wanted for them, well, how wouldn't they feel loved? I feel so loved when you do those things. And in fact, in in my most previous relationship, uh, that became apparent very quickly that we had two separate love languages. And that was definitely one of our biggest struggles because there were just things that it, it wasn't, you know, completely outside of boundaries, but really just ways of being that just wasn't who this person was. And again, when I had those expectations, knowing that this person absolutely is and could be so caring, compassionate, loving in all these different ways, you know, it's almost like I had that expectation, right? That you could do those things that I needed when really, again, it just, it kind of just wasn't in his nature, just wasn't, you know, how he kind of reacted to the world, almost like JC kind of saying that, you know, sometimes that physical affection is just, it's just difficult for her, right? It's just kind of um, for her experience and her life. It's just almost not part of, you know, that um, direct way of who she is. And so I noticed a lot of those same things in my relationship, right? And just in starting to really reaffirm once I read um, that literature and, and understanding, you know, I had an expectation that everything that I was doing should have been working. And that was, again, me getting in my own way, right? And just if I had had that knowledge of just, you know, someone receives love differently, it really could have made things and my expectations, right, let those down and made that relationship maybe um, a lot more better working than it did, right? And so I think that's that's a really beautiful point to kind of bring up in this is talking about those love languages. Because again, if you have not, um, if you're not familiar with that, it's something that I think is so absolutely just really beneficial, right, to kind of a deeper understanding of ourselves and those relationships. And and I appreciate you guys have done a lot to really talk about that, right? It's sometimes the biggest challenge is that work we have to do within ourselves mm-hmm. in a way, in a way mm-hmm. um, and just navigating who we are. And so I don't know, um, is there any last kind of components we want to speak to here today? 
No, I mean, I just want to highlight that no one's perfect, right? We're all a working progress and you may see things that are challenging in a relationship, even within yourself, where you're just like, you know, I am having this issue or I'm noticing this problem, right? It's just really important to have that, even that conversation with your partner and making them aware of it. Like a lot of these issues can be easily the resolved or just talked about through a conversation. And sometimes we make it harder for ourselves, right? We go weeks without, you know, talking about it or letting them know how we're feeling or how they hurt our feelings or whatever that looks like. And it's as simple as something's just having that conversation and taking that, you know, leap of faith and like putting that foot forward and just saying, I know this, it's hard to have a conversation in regards to this, but I know there's going to be some type of benefit, right? Whether it's clarity on your part to see if maybe this is a relationship you want to move forward with or whether, you know, um, you know that you can count on your partner support or figure out, you know, what else to do aside from that. Maybe it's, you know, getting their support, but also getting support from another relationship, right? A friendship. So I think it's just really important to just even have that conversation. Yeah. And I love that too, because I think that's sometimes the most difficult thing, right? It's just, if we have an issue, especially in a relationship, especially if it is new, let's say, you know, we're kind of building with this person. It's really hard sometimes to share our boundaries, right? Or talk about what we need. We are way more concerned with how people are going to judge us mm -hmm. with what this person's going to think of us. And again, if we really want to have that authentic relationship, we, we have to be ourselves. We have to be willing to share parts of ourselves that we need from our partner and have to share, right? Like kind of what we're expecting, right? And again, have those conversations in return, because if we're not, um, it's going to be really unfortunate because if, if conversations arise or if conflict arises and we just tend to be really passive and lean back, if something bothered you, it bothered you for a reason, mm -hmm. right? If something is coming up for you, it's coming up for a reason. The more that we try to just shove it out or just be okay with it or just kind of accept what's going on, even though we're not okay, you're going to hit a boiling point. And, and you don't deserve to do that to yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve to have something important come up for you and feel like I can't have this conversation. And to think about it, you know, in a really healthy relationship, there's, it's always going to be nerve wracking. It's never comfortable to really share who we are, share concerns or frustrations or needs. But when we do that, it allows us to get into such a more comfortable place, right? I like to say that any kind of boundary setting conversation, any conflict resolution, it could be so awkward for those five minutes of that conversation, but you're saving yourself maybe a lifetime of awkwardness in that relationship or not having that relationship anymore, right? So, you know, kind of just weighing that, right? It might be weird, it might be uncomfortable, but what am I gonna get out of it? The possibility of this relationship to really flourish, right? And be the best that it possibly can be. Yeah, I think my main takeaway from this conversation is I don't care what level of education you have, you cannot social work yourself out of this. <laughs> uh, call a therapist. <laughs> Snap to call that. Yeah. I, I mean that in the most loving way possible. Call a therapist. Yes. Um, you know, I've said that I've gone to therapy. JC has shared that. I know therapists who see therapists. I have as well. <laughs> yeah. No shame in that. Absolutely yeah. no shame in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that I just love destigmatizing and I talk about it just like I go to doctor's appointments, I go to therapy appointments, you know, oh, I can't make right. it then I have a therapy appointment. You know, it's, right. it's so important to be open about that and to just seek that help. It took me way too long. And once I got there, I wished I had done it so much sooner. And 
It's just how you work on yourself in order to make yourself present as the best version of you in that relationship. And then your relationship will benefit from that as well. Yeah. And if you're struggling with that, if you're still, you know, and it, we kind of get it, right? We yeah, work in this yeah. field. We also understand the world in which we live in and all the stigma around mental health and even just seeing a counselor, talking to a therapist. I think there's a huge misconception that you're crazy or there's something wrong with you to go to therapy, which is just, I'm so proud to be here on this public space and say is absolutely not true. Um, Think about it like any other kind of doctor, right? I don't just go to the dentist because all of my teeth are rotting and falling out. (laughs) No, I go to the dentist because I want to maintain and make sure all of that is looking good and my teeth are clean and everything is up to date, right? Same thing with preventative care with your your primary care physician, right? We're not going because we're dying all the time. No, we just go for checkups. We go for minor things, just things that come up in life, right? That we need that kind of that expertise on. And so this is exactly the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Even if you've never had anything directly, you know, traumatic in your own yeah. words or your own experience happen to you, it's not to say that not going or going to therapy, you know, wouldn't benefit you. I think it really benefits sincerely any human being on this planet, right? Because that's just such um, such an important thing to focus on as ourselves. We do not encourage that or do that a lot in our society. Everything is about Eh, social media, we can kind of say it's all about us in a way, right? Because sometimes it is. Uh, But we, you know, it's really hard for us, I think, just to slow down sometimes, given the world around us. It's really hard for us to slow down and just tune into who we are, what we're feeling, and what we need. We're constantly distracted. We're constantly giving ourselves into our relationships, into our work, into our families. And so, yeah, we just, I'm, I'm happy that we're all just here to kind of promote mental health, promote counseling, promote therapy, and just genuinely doing inner work. Because if you don't stop and take that time for yourself, you'll catch up with you. Mm-hmm. I, know. <laughs> I know I hit a wall. I caught up with me and oh man, that was not the person little old me was not the person I wanted to catch up with. Right. Um, and so I just think it's so important. Just remind yourself of that, um, that it's really important for you to take that time um, that, you know, if you have any issue that issue right now that feels bigger than you, that we've all been there and there's a way to, to at least make that problem feel smaller than you or not as big. Right. And that could be a huge step in you just having the best relationships possible. And so With that, we are definitely going to leave here today. We're going to do a little meditation, as we always do, to close out this session. Uh, But we really appreciate everyone kind of tuning in, listening to this today. It was definitely not our normal kind of educational podcast, a little more off the cuff. Although we did, you know, bring up a lot of things that we've covered on relationships and kind of done a really genuine circle back to a lot of the topics that we've been covering. And so I want to Thank you guys again for being vulnerable and sharing your experiences. Thank you to our listeners for being a part of it. So now I will encourage you, if you are able to do so, able to take on this meditation at this time, find yourself into a comfortable seated position, somewhere where you can just fully relax your body. And I want you to start taking what we call meditative breath, nice deep breath in through your nose and exhaling through your mouth. Deep breath in and a big breath out. Take a big breath in, gently close your eyes and exhale. Take a deep breath in and out. 
take a deep breath in, relax a muscle in your body. Exhale, relax another muscle. Breathe in and relax. Exhale and relax. Continue with this breathing until you feel fully relaxed and heavy in your seat. In this moment, make your inhales the same length as your exhales. Focus only on breathing in and breathing out. If you become distracted, let any distractions just float by. Come back to your body, breathing in and out. On your next inhale, breathe in some kind words for yourself. Exhale any negative self-talk. Breathe in, give yourself some encouragement. Exhale anything you have to let go of. Breathe in, give yourself some positivity. Exhale anything that doesn't serve you. Take one last big breath and fill your lungs. And exhale. And you can go back to your normal breathing. Start to slowly wiggle fingers and toes. Roll your wrists and ankles. You can roll your neck and your shoulders. Gently float your eyes back open into the room. Do whatever kind of little stretches or adjustments you need to. I want to thank you guys for taking an opportunity to not only, again, have this very vulnerable, very off-the-cuff conversation with us today, but also taking time for yourself and taking that breath. Before we leave here today, Again, thank you to both my hosts um, for being vulnerable, for sharing about who we are, especially with some of the, the things that you've been through. Um, I think our listeners, as well as I really appreciate you guys being vulnerable, being open and trusting enough in the space to have those discussions and talk about those experiences and those examples with us. And so I really deeply thank you for that. To our listeners out there as well, we would love it if you'd be part of this conversation. Maybe you have things that you believe are really hard in a or a relationship that we didn't have in this conversation. I mean, because we could have kept going, right? Mm -hmm. This could have been um, hours and hours and hours if we wanted it to be. This could be, you know, 12 different uh, episodes and conversations. What's challenging? And so we want to hear from you. Maybe you as our listeners, again, maybe you um, kind of identified some things we didn't directly discuss here today. Or maybe you had some things that you kind of elaborated on, maybe topics that we introduced that you had some other feedback or some other insight that you would like for us to know about. Um, 
we would love to do a follow-up episode to this, maybe given feedback, maybe given different topics you would like us to kind of dive into a little bit deeper or presenting again the feedback that you are presenting to us once this conversation has ended, once you've kind of listened in. And so again, our infographics up on the screen right now for our uh our visual listeners out there, you can see we have our email for our audio listeners. That email address to reach us at is outreach at liveviolencefree.org. So O-U-T-R-E-A-C-H at liveviolencefree.org. So shoot us an email. Again, if you have any questions, comments, ideas for topics and episodes, we would love to hear about it. Until then, we hope you guys will join us again for our next episode. We thank you so much for listening and being a part of this one conversation. Thanks, everyone.